invite you now to turn in your Bibles to the book of Psalms, where we will be in Psalm 18. Psalm 18 is a little bit of a longer psalm. It's 50 verses. Uh, Some of you have already asked, what are we going to do with Psalm 119? (laughs) The answer is we don't know yet. (laughs) If we keep going at this pace, we have two and a half years to decide what we're going to do with Psalm 119. Uh, But I I did see a church that actually the pastor read through it uh, in its entirety, and somebody pulled their phone out and hit the timer button, and it clocked in at 26 minutes. Uh, to read Psalm 119. This one is not as long. It's 50 verses, but I do think in the length of it and wanting to keep your mind engaged, you don't have to, but if you're willing, in your seat, just read it out loud with me. Psalm 18. I love you, O Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer, my God, my rock, in whom I take refuge my shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. I call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised and I am saved from my enemies. The cords of death encompassed me. The torrents of destruction assailed me. The cords of Sheol entangled me. The snares of death confronted me. In my distress, I called upon the Lord. To my God, I cried for help. From his temple he heard my voice, and my cry to him reached his ears. Then the earth reeled and rocked. The foundations also of the mountains trembled and quaked because he was angry. Smoke went up from his nostrils and devouring fire from his mouth. Glowing coals flamed forth from him. He bowed the heavens and came down. Thick darkness was under his feet. He rode on a cherub and flew. He came swiftly on the wings of the wind. He made darkness his covering, his canopy around him, thick clouds dark with water. Out of the brightness before him, hailstones and coals of fire broke through his clouds. The Lord also thundered in the heavens, and the Most High uttered his voice, hailstones and coals of fire. And he sent out his arrows and scattered them. He flashed forth lightnings and routed them. Then the channels of the sea were seen, and the foundations of the world were laid bare. At your rebuke, O Lord, at the blast of the breath of your nostrils, he sent from on high. He took me. He drew me out of many waters. He rescued me from my strong enemy and from those who hated me. For they were too mighty for me. They confronted me in the day of my calamity, but the Lord was my support. He brought me out into a broad place. He rescued me because he delighted in me. The Lord dealt with me according to my righteousness. According to the cleanness of my hands, he rewarded me. For I have kept the ways of the Lord and have not wickedly departed from my God. For all his rules were before me. And his statues I did not put away from me. I was blameless before him, 
and I kept myself from my guilt. So the Lord has rewarded me according to my righteousness, according to the cleanness of my hands in his sight. With a merciful, you show yourself merciful. With a blameless man, you show yourself blameless. With purified, you show yourself pure. And with the crooked, you make yourself seem torturous. You, for you save a humble people, but the haughty eyes you bring down. For it is you who light my lamp. The Lord my God lightens my darkness. For by you I can run against a troop, and by my God I can leap over a wall. This God, his way is perfect. The word of the Lord proves true. He is a shield for all those who take refuge in him. For who is God but the Lord? And who is a rock except our God? The God who equipped me with strength and made my way blameless. He made my feet like the feet of a deer and set me secure on the heights. He trains my hands for war so that my arms can bend a bow of bronze. You have given me the shield of your salvation and your right hand supported me and your gentleness made me great. You gave me a wide place for my steps under me and my feet did not slip. I pursued my enemies and overtook them and did not turn back till they were consumed. I thrust them through so that they were not able to rise. They fell under my feet, for you equipped me with strength for the battle. You made those who rise against me sink under me. You made my enemies turn their backs to me, and those who hated me I destroyed. They cried for help, but there was none to save. They cried to the Lord, but he did not answer them. I beat them fine as dust before the wind. I cast them out like the mire of the streets. You delivered me from strife with the people. You made me the head of the nations. People whom I had not known served me. As soon as they heard of me, they obeyed me. Foreigners came cringing to me. Foreigners lost heart and came trembling out of their fortresses. The Lord lives, and blessed be the rock and exalted be the God of my salvation, the God who gave me vengeance and subdued peoples under me, who rescued me from my enemies. Yes, you exalted me above those who rose against me. You delivered me from the man of violence. For this I will praise you, O Lord, among the nations, and sing to your name. Great salvation he brings to his king and shows steadfast love to his anointed, to David and his offspring forever. Amen. Now I know that I can call upon some of you if I ever don't want to do the reading, and I can have you uh, read it. You just read the scripture. Um, thank you for doing that. I imagine you also found it some uh, a little bit harder to follow along as you were reading it. Uh, reading it out loud, then trying to get the words right and not mess up probably meant all of it wasn't sticking with you as you were going through it, but maybe there were individual phrases that stood out to you as you said them. Uh, but there's part of the gift of scripture is to read it out loud, to read it in our own voice, and then you experience sometimes the strangeness of saying the things that other people said, and to then reflect upon whether or not those words could be true of you or me. And so that chapter did feel like we read two chapters, right? In the Bible, it was long. Well, we actually did read two chapters in the Bible. 
because this psalm is entirely repeated in 2 Samuel 22. Uh, the, the, the subscription at the beginning of the psalm indicates that this is uh, probably initially penned earlier on in David's life and ministry, uh, when he'd been rescued from Saul. But then in 2 Samuel 22, David comes back to this psalm at the end of his life, and he says it all over again, which is a beautiful thing to consider. What are the things that we hold on to that then prove to be true, not just in one season of our life, but actually prove to be true over time and through all the seasons on good days and bad days that we can say the same things about God and his faithfulness and about us and our desire to follow after him. And so if you want to look it up later, you can look at 2 Samuel 22 and see how David repeats this psalm at the end of his life. But thank you for saying it together with me. Uh, I want to simply allow the first verse to sort of frame uh, the whole of the psalm. And so the first thing that David expresses is, I love you. And that was something we all said together. There's certain parts of the psalm that as we read it, um, most of us would hesitate to say confidently in front of a mirror, like verse 20, the Lord has dealt with me according to my righteousness and according to the cleanness of my hands, he has rewarded me. Uh, we read that, and if we know our Bibles, we can sort of be like, David, wait a minute. <laughs> what about this, David? And what about that? If you know part of his story, he has a pretty messy story where he's not the cleanest and most righteous of persons. And then looking in a mirror, we know ourselves, and we know the week that we just had, and the thoughts that pop into our mind, and, and, and some of what he expresses here feels strange for us to say out loud that God is dealing with me according to my righteousness. Verse 21, for I have kept the ways of the Lord and have not wickedly departed from my God. And at one level, we could say, well, maybe David said that when he was young and naive, but then when he really experienced life, like there's no way he would say that at the end of his life, except that he does say it again. He does repeat it again in 2 Samuel chapter 22. And I think the beginning of the psalm is a key to help us recognize that because language like this appears in the psalms many, many times, that David is not sort of imagining himself sitting in for a job interview and he's trying to impress God with all the things he's done to sort of earn God's approval or earn God's favor and hoping that God will then maybe choose him or love him. David is responding in love to God because of all the things that he's done for him. And love reframes all the commandments of Scripture. That when we think of them as a ladder that we sort of have to climb to reach heaven, then they feel like a burden and a weight. And oh my goodness, how many did I do? And, and, and how well was I going? But when we come to know that God already loves us and could not possibly love us any more than he already loves us, could not do more for us than he's already done in Jesus to show his love for us. If that uh, message reaches our hearts and overwhelms us with gratitude, the appropriate response to that is to desire to express that love back to him. And expressing that love back to him to say that we love his law 
and we love his ways and we love doing the things that he says not because we're trying to be perfect or we think that perfect is even possible for every one of us but the orientation of our heart in gratitude should be to want to do what god would want us to do because we love him that's how relationships work that if you have somebody that you say is a good friend of yours and then you were to say well what does it mean to be a good friend to somebody would you consider somebody a good friend to you if they just constantly ignored you or they said i just don't really want to be with you or i want to spend the least amount of time with you or i just can't stand listening to you you know if you were starting to hear those things you say wait a minute i'm not sure <laughs> i'm not sure this is a really strong relationship i'm not sure we're really good friends here because if there's a strength in our relationship then there's this desire to say hey when can we get together next time and can we talk can i share something with you or can we just go do something fun it doesn't have to be that it's a birthday or an anniversary or something like i just want to be with you we we hear that level of commitment and that desire to do things again not as earning favor but as expressing love and joy and so David, throughout this psalm, is expressing his love for God. And in that is this desire to do things that God has enabled him to do. And to do as many of them as possible. And yes, later in his life, part of what that means is believing that when David has repented and asked God for forgiveness for his sins, and he's confessed those sins, then it is to believe God when God says, you are forgiven. And you are set free from the shackles that would otherwise bind you. And so you can continue to say with integrity that you love my word, that you want to follow after my ways. Not because he never sinned and messed up, but because even in all of those things, he trusted the remedies and the boundaries and the punishments that God brought into his life because of his sin. And he knows that God brought uh, those right and appropriate and just things into his life because God still loved him, because God still desired fellowship with him, that, that God's judgment did not come to him in such a way as to have nothing to do with him anymore, but even those later punishments and judgments and difficulties that he would experience did not change for David the reality that he knew that they came from the loving hand of God who wanted to restore him, to heal him, to bring him back to health so that he wouldn't go on and continue to do the sin that he was guilty of, that he wouldn't continue to harm people. And so uh, at another time, if you want to reread the psalm in that language, hopefully uh, with that framework, hopefully some of those verses become less strange to you. But that is what love does. Love expresses the desire to please love expresses the desire to serve to do what you can for for other people uh, i had the joy this past week of attending a conference in phoenix arizona and the conference was from thursday to yesterday uh, but i have a good amount of family now in arizona and so i said i'll, I'll go out a day early so that i can visit family uh, and see some of them because i hadn't been there for a very very long time uh, with an opportunity to, to see them. I think it had been 18 years since I'd been out there, and there was even more family that had moved there from California uh, to Phoenix. And so I, I wanted to be there and spend what time I could. 
and so when I landed there uh, Wednesday night, drove straight to a cousin's house and had dinner with several people, and it was a great joy, and then other friends who I hadn't seen in a while, I said, could we do breakfast on Thursday? Uh, and then I stayed at my aunt uncle's house Wednesday night. I thought I'd actually booked a hotel for Wednesday night, and then right before, I double-checked, and I hadn't booked a hotel. So thankfully, they asked, and they said, do you have a place to stay Wednesday night? And I was like, actually, I don't, uh, if I could stay over. Um, and so then right away, my, my aunt uh, was excited to say, you're going to stay at our house. And so then as we're having dinner Wednesday night, then the question comes up, you know, how early do you have to leave uh, Thursday the next morning? I'm like, actually, I have a, a breakfast that I'm going to go to. I have to leave very early. It's not going to be early for me because I'm on East Coast time, so I'm three hours ahead of you. But I'm going to get up and I'm going to go, well, no, 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 that's fine. Just tell me what time because then I'll make sure I'm up earlier so that I can have breakfast for you. I said, no, 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 I'm, I'm trying to tell you I have a breakfast planned, and so you don't have to get up. And it was like, and I knew I would not be able to prevail against her. Like, there was no way I could possibly stay in her home. She's like, no, I already have an egg casserole made, and my uncle was a baker, and he makes chocolate chip danishes that we love. I just knew I was not going to get out of that house without this uh, being able to sit down. So I had two breakfasts that morning. Um, but I also knew the next person I was going to visit would also not hear it if I then showed up for the first time and seeing them in a long time and saying, no, 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 I'm just going to get coffee. Like, I would have offended them if I would have said that, because in the, the, the love that is experienced among them, there is this desire to, don't let me just say it to you. Like, I want to show it to you. I want to do things for you. I know things that are special for you, and I, I want you to enjoy uh, the fellowship of those things. Uh, so I didn't uh, get home until 1 a.m. last night. And I was excited to wake up this morning and see my kids' joy and now the chocolate chip danishes I brought home. And I did not want them to wake up before me and see them. Like, I wanted to be there. I set them up on the island uh, by about 1.30 in the morning last night, and I was like, Lord, please let me have energy tomorrow um, because you know how little sleep I'm about to get. But I want to get up early tomorrow. I I hadn't seen them for four days. I want to see them come downstairs and give them hugs because they went to sleep four times without me being able this week to give them a kiss uh, before they went to bed. And so for me, it was a joy to get up and spend time with them. And it was a joy to be here with you all. I was excited to come together and sing. And so when the desire of our heart wants to do something, wants to serve, wants to please, then the commands don't feel like burdens. They feel like blessings. What can I do to help you? How can I serve you? So David's expression of his love for the word of God, his desire to follow that word, to be blameless, to be kept from guilt, all of that is flowing out, not of an insecure person who's wondering whether or not he's loved, but out of somebody who knows he has the unconditional love of God already upon him. And he wants to enter into the joy of that, to experience the richness and the fullness of that. And that's what he calls us to as well, that we would say, I love you, God. And so then not how much of the Bible do I have to read or how much of it do I have to obey or how many times do I have to pray, or how, but do I get to read your word? Do I have the opportunity and the joy to pray for other people? Do I have the opportunity to serve other people in your name? That, that should be our posture, that out of the overflow of what the Lord has done for us, 
that we live a life that it includes obedience. It, it requires conversations about what's right and what's wrong, what's ethical, what's unjust. But all of that uh, flows best when it flows from a posture of overflowing love. The next uh, thing that David says is, I love you, O Lord. And much of this um, psalm then describes uh, the goodness of the Lord, but here the word uh, that we would translate that had letters added to it for the unpronounceable name of God so that we could pronounce it without offense, Jehovah, that this God who is so great that we should pause to even say his name, to limit him, that there aren't adequate words to describe him in all of his grandeur and his glory and his beauty. That's whose presence we're in. And we need to remember the Lord, the very same God who we can't adequately describe his power and his uh, omniscience and his sovereignty and his beauty. We also can't adequately describe the things he does in our lives. And so a, a good amount of this is he talks about the Lord moving in such a way that the earth reeled and rocked, the foundations uh, also of the mountains trembled and quaked and the smoke went up from his nostrils. You, you read all of a sudden all of these images and you say, if you know the story of David, you're like, well, wait, when did all those things happen? And uh, most of them didn't happen literally. But David is using beautiful poetic language to say, but if, if I just tell you just the raw details of what happened, it would undersell what really happened when he experienced faithful friendship of Jonathan in his life. That when Saul was so angry and so bent on coming after him, that there was someone who loved him and cared about him enough to protect him, to help him to get away. For, for, for David to, to, to describe to us the experience of being in the cave when Saul was there and recognizing that he had a chance to go after the king, that it was so obvious that Saul was now in his hands, but his heart was constrained by God. He knew that only the Lord could do something like this. And just to, just to describe the events as they unfolded would not be adequate to describe to us how amazing it was, how much the earth had to move and the foundations shake and the clouds rend themselves for the presence of God to do the things that he did so that Saul, the enemy, was there, vulnerable and exposed before him. And David did nothing to trick him. David did nothing to bring this about or to conspire against him. David was seeking to be faithful to the king and because David knew that it was the Lord and the Lord alone who is God and the Lord who's in control, he also had the restraint to not lift his hand against the Lord's anointed. And he wants us to know this Lord, this Lord who created the heavens and the earth, this Lord who's given his word that is perfect and trustworthy, this Lord who will be merciful for those who show themselves merciful, the Lord who is pure and, and blameless, the Lord who can turn the intentions of the wicked one on themselves to bring about victory. And so he's celebrating this Lord, and he's using so much beautiful uh, poetic imagery for us to know that this same, that, that we cannot ultimately put God adequately 
into words. We have to use words, and we should, but even the words we use, we know they fall short of ultimately describing who this great God is. And when we know his power, and we know that we're in a covenantal relationship with him, that I love you, O Lord, that should give to each and every one of us a sense of strength, a sense of boldness and confidence. So I love you, O Lord, my strength. And then when David describes strength, he uses, again, a bunch of images. The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer, my God, my rock, in whom I take refuge. If you haven't had the joy of going to Israel, one, I hope you would consider the trip that is coming up. Uh, because in its amazing experience, it just brings the scripture to life in whole new ways for you. For our family, uh, the opportunity to go was in 2018. But here's an image of a, of a rock. Uh, in Qumran, where uh, the community that eventually uh, John the Baptist himself would come from uh, went away into the wilderness to draw closer to God. And it's a little bit harder to see, but over on the left of the picture where there's a good amount of shadow, there's an opening to a cave in the rock. And it's in a rock like that, and then others right around it, where the scriptures were preserved for thousands of years in the Dead Sea Scrolls. They were safe in the rock that was hard for people to get into. It was discovered um, uh, by a young shepherd almost accidentally going into the cave uh, when I think the day we were there, even in the morning, it was already hitting the 90 degrees and hot, and so when you needed respite from the sun and you could go inside the rock and have shelter from the sun protection uh, if you were running from anybody from animals it's a beautiful uh, place this next uh, will be a video of going up a rock fortress called masada cable car ascending this amazing rock fortress and then when you get to the top of that rock fortress you look out and you can see the Dead Sea and out into Jordan so if you're on the top of this rock looking out this is where you want to be if you're worried of an invading army coming after you you want to be in the high place, in the strong place, able to see what would come your way well in advance before it would come. This next picture is from En Gedi. This is where David went, climbing up the rocks, looking in this valley where there's, in very few places, running water and waterfalls in the middle of the Judean wilderness. And this is where he found a place of protection and safety, where the caves were that he could hide in when Saul was after him. It was in these rocks. And so this is climbing up and Gedi, and then now this next picture is looking back at the Dead Sea and over into Jordan. This is where David could speak to Saul across the valley and say, I saw you yesterday. Here's a piece of your robe. And even though they were within the proximity to hear one another, 
David knew Saul couldn't get him because between them was such a valley that he had plenty of time to run further away. And so David says, I love you, O Lord, my strength. And then he gives the image of what kind of strength? My rock, my my fortress, the, the shelter that I need when the enemies are coming after me. Those are the images that he has in his mind. And when you see them, it is meant to give for you and for me a sense of confidence in God's provision for each and every one of us. That when we remember how great God is and how strong he desires to, uh, to place us within his presence and in uh, the presence even of our enemies. That's why we as Christians should live with hope and joy and love towards other people. However scary the world seems around us, we are supposed to be people of peace and love and gentleness and kindness because we know we are standing on a rock that no enemy can ultimately defeat us. That we have a refuge and a shelter to hide in if we need to where they can't find us. Our hymn of the week this past week has been uh, How Great Thou Art. And it's been a a fun song to end every day in uh, as a family listening to. Uh, And for the first few days that I was home this week, uh, I enjoyed playing for the boys uh, Carrie Underwood's version of the hymn because she has the strength of voice when she goes high to match sort of the, uh, the, the words of the song. But then the first time I played it for them and they, they heard her sing it out, Oh Lord my God, when I in awesome wonder consider all the worlds thy hands have made. When it, when it got all the way done in expressing how great God is, one of the first thing they said was, she needs to be singing in football stadiums. So I think she does sometimes. <laughs> But then our youngest, David, said, that's not a bedtime song because now I'm awake. Like, I can't hear that and how great he is and hear someone greatly praising how great he is and then say, okay, now I want to go to bed. Like, I want to go do something now. Can we get up and play again? And it was beautiful. It should be the way in which the truth of God, our Lord, who is our strength, gives us what we need for all of the challenges that we might face. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word and its power. We thank you that you are our rock and our fortress, that you protect us from all of our enemies, that you shelter us and hide us. You help us to see far out things that might not even make sense to us in the immediate, but through your Holy Spirit, you enable us to anticipate what is ahead. And we thank you for all those ways you express your love and faithfulness to us. And so we pray that you would give us hearts like David that are eager to express our love back to you, our desire and readiness to trust your word, to do what it says, to follow your ways. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.